SEP Fanfic Readings presents Finding Hermione by Ebook Dragon Chapter 37 Preparing for Battle January 15th Draco woke to something warm and wet sliding down his bare chest. A sniffle brought him fully out of sleep. Hermione was draped over him, her hand curled around his neck. He cracked his eyes open and saw the top of her curly head in the dim light of the room. Draco brushed a hand up at the expanse of her back and asked sleepily, Hermione? Hermione started blotting at her face with a sheet. Sorry, she murmured tearily. I didn't mean to wake you. Draco tipped her chin up, urging her to look at him. Why are you crying? she asked. I wasn't crying, she responded defensively, but a tear trickled down her cheek, and Hermione wiped it away impatiently. Uh-huh, Draco said. He caught another tear as it rolled its way down her face. Am I to believe that you've suddenly sprung a leak, then? He received a watery chuckle in reply. Silence drifted between them. Hermione rested her head on the back of his shoulder. Draco let his fingers comb soothingly through her curls. Do you want to talk about whatever it is that made you cry? Draco asked. I had a bad dream, Hermione said into his shoulder. Oh, Draco said. What was it about? Was she remembering her lost memories, or was her brain spinning its own version of whatever Weasley might have done to her? Either scenario worried him. Draco knew that sometimes not knowing was just as bad, if not worse, than knowing the truth. Draco also knew that Hermione was always in search of knowledge. He didn't know if she would be able to just let this slip by unanswered. Draco dreaded what would happen if she couldn't. "'I don't really remember,' Hermione said, then hesitated and continued— I know it was about Ron, and I remember being heartbroken, but I don't remember the details, and I woke up crying. Draco continued to run his fingers through her hair. He almost breathed a sigh of relief that it wasn't a coherent dream of an assault. Hermione was starting to relax back into sleep at his touch. He's gone. You're safe, Draco reassured her, wanting the words to penetrate into her subconscious. Hermione took a deep breath, relaxing further. Yes, she said sleepily. He's gone for good now. We're all safe. Try to go back to sleep, Draco instructed quietly. I love you, Hermione whispered. I love you too, Draco responded, kissing her forehead. Ronald Weasley in Azkaban, by Rita Skeeter. A member of the Golden Trio was sentenced yesterday to life in prison. Ronald Weasley was found guilty for the attempted murder of Draco Malfoy and taken from the courtroom yesterday directly to Azkaban prison. His words when entering the courtroom, and after his sentence, make us wonder at the marriage of Ronald Weasley and Hermione Granger. Until September, we all thought they had a happy, boring marriage with two children and steady jobs. We were all shocked to find that Weasley had a girlfriend and four illegitimate children on the side. What was the marriage of Hermione Granger and Ronald Weasley really like? Was he driven into the arms of another woman because Granger's ambition and coldness? Or was it a marriage riddled with abuse, as Granger would have us all believe? Did Lavender Brown, horribly scarred by a werewolf attack, play on Weasley's pity and their former relationship in order to tempt Weasley from Granger's side? Or did Weasley flee to Brown willingly? Ronald Weasley would spend the rest of his life in prison, a hero in the Second Wizarding War amongst Death Eaters and common criminals. Many would say that his sentence was too harsh, a wizard defending his honour by attacking his wife's lover. Was the sentence too harsh? Did Ronald Weasley have justification for attacking Draco Malfoy? The relationship between Granger and Malfoy has been much photographed and reported on in the past months. 
We have all watched as Draco Malfoy slithered into the life of Hermione Granger, quickly taking Weasley's place as Granger's lover and father figure to the two girls. Granger seemed to move on quickly from her 13-year marriage to Ronald Weasley. Draco threw the article away from him in disgust. It seemed to go on and on, demonizing their relationship, giving everything a sinister twist. Where was Luna with a good spin? That good, huh? Hermione asked sardonically as she took a sip of her one and only coffee of the day, as they sat across from each other at their desk. "'I'm going to bloody ruin her,' Draco vowed. Hermione picked up the discarded paper. Draco tried to snatch it from her grasp, instinctively wanting to protect her, not wanting her to see anything else that would upset her today. Not after the nightmare. Hermione woke in a good mood this morning, and Draco wanted nothing to mar it. "'Don't bloody read it!' Draco exclaimed when he missed grabbing it from her. Too late. Draco watched as Hermione's eyes rapidly scanned the article. He watched her face, ready to take the newspaper from her at the slightest sign of distress to hell with the consequences. Draco would rather have Hermione angry at him, rather than upset about what was in the paper. Hermione snorted in derision as she read. A few, Oh, give me a breaks, interspersed with some, You've got to be fucking kidding me, accompanied her perusal of the article. Hermione set the paper back down on the table and took a sip of her coffee. Draco watched her warily, waiting for some sort of explosion, or the appearance of a jar with which to trap the beetly reporter. "'You needn't look at me that way,' Hermione chided gently. "'I'm not about to fly off the handle in hysterics.' "'You're not upset by the article?' Draco asked slowly. Hermione waved the question away. "'It's absolute trash,' she said breezily. "'She tried to compare every aspect of our relationship to mine with Ron, with you seeming to come up short at every turn.' The only thing she seemed to leave out was a comparison of the size of your dicks. Draco choked on his sip of coffee, startled by Hermione's unusual crudeness. As Draco tried to clear his airway of coffee, he was glad that Rose hadn't been in the study to overhear, and they didn't have to answer the inevitable query of what a dick was. Hermione continued in a deceptively light tone. Maybe I'll send her a note, implying that it was the size of your trouser snake, and the delicious way that it slithers in as the reason that has inspired my devotion. What do you imagine the headlines would read tomorrow? Draco shifted uncomfortably in his chair as said trouser snake made its interest known. Don't tease, Lioness, Draco said huskily. Hermione quirked an eyebrow and smiled at him over her coffee. Draco gave her a look that promised a pleasurable retribution and groaned when he felt her foot glide its way up his inner thigh. Draco grabbed her foot before it could find its way to his hardened dick. Hermione pouted across the desk from him. Theo's coming over, Draco reminded her. He said he was filing the divorce bill with the Wizengamot this morning. Hermione pulled her foot from his grasp, rose from her seat, and moved to sit on the desk beside his chair. Draco leaned back to look up at her. She still had a mischievous glint in her eyes that meant she wasn't done torturing him. "'Why is it that I couldn't submit the bill?' Hermione asked, her foot trailing up his thigh again. "'The minister could fob you off, delay the bill,' Draco said, panting a little. "'Can't do that with us.' has to call the vote two days after it's presented. Draco took her foot in his hand and planted it on the arm of his chair. His hand wrapped around her ankle to keep her in place. Hermione, undeterred, slid over on the desk and started trailing her other foot up and down his thigh. "'And what happens in the meantime?' Hermione asked. Draco didn't really understand how she expected him to be this turned on and have a coherent conversation. He struggled to maintain some clarity when all the blood in his body was already located south of his belt. We test the waters, 
Draco said gruffly. We see if we can sway anyone else to our side. Sounds fun, Hermione purred seductively. Draco could hear the laughter in her voice. She was enjoying herself, and Draco couldn't fault her for it. He took her other foot that was resting under his balls and drew it up to rest on the other arm of his chair. Draco looked up at her from between her spread thighs. Hermione looked impishly down at him as if he'd fallen into some trap. Hermione let her knees fall open, and the skirt of her fuchsia shirt dress rode up around her open thighs. Draco groaned at the sight that greeted him. Hermione had taken advantage of his injunction against knickers under her dresses. Draco bit the inside of her thigh. Hermione squealed, and he licked away the sting of his bite. "'What are you doing to me, woman?' Draco growled. Draco started licking, kissing, and biting his way up her thighs. Hermione wrapped a leg around Draco's back and urged him forward. Draco sucked her clit into his mouth and flicked it with his tongue. Hermione lay back on the desk, moaning. Draco moved down and started feasting on the juices dripping from her. "'Knock-knock!' Theo called, strolling into the study. Draco looked up from his feast at the unwelcome intrusion. He picked up a wand laying on the desk and shot a stinging hex towards Theo. Hermione squealed at the sound of Theo's voice and pushed the skirt of her dress down. Her bare feet dropped off the chair, and she started to sit up. "'Get out!' Draco growled. Theo cast a shield charm and laughed. "'I'll be in the drawing room when you finish breakfast,' Theo left, his laughter hanging in the air. When the door closed behind him, Hermione sat up, pushing the skirt of her dress down. Draco rested his head on her leg and groaned in frustration. Hermione started laughing, and after a moment Draco couldn't help but start to laugh along with her. Hermione scooted off the desk and smoothed her dress down. "'I suppose I should go put on some knickers now,' she said. "'And a bra,' she added as an afterthought. Draco chased her from the room, growling. He hadn't even gotten to enjoy the no-bra part. Hermione giggled as she ran up the stairs. Draco shouted an admonishment at her to be careful running up the stairs, scared that she would fall and hurt herself. Hermione turned around and stuck her tongue out at him. "'Promises, promises,' Draco called after her. Draco walked into the drawing room to find Theo sprawled out in a chair, with one foot on the coffee table, and a leg slung over the arm of the chair. He at least had the decency to take off his shoes before he put up his foot on the table this time. Draco shoved his friend's foot off the coffee table and took a lot of satisfaction in watching Theo struggle not to fall out of the chair. "'I really hate you right now,' Draco groused. Draco threw himself onto the sofa with an aggrieved, long-suffering air. "'Nobody said you had to stop on my account.' Theo replied. "'I doubt Hermione would have been comfortable continuing knowing you're across the foyer,' Draco said. "'Daphne's mad at you two, Theo said, changing the subject. "'For what?' Draco asked. "'Oh, let's see,' Draco said, holding up his hand and starting to tick points off his fingers. "'That you and Hermione are soulmates and haven't told your friends, that you adopted Minerva and didn't invite us to witness, and that you haven't told her you two were expecting.' "'Sorry,' Draco said automatically." Things had been happening quickly lately around them, and Draco hadn't taken the time to keep his friends appraised of all the changes in his life. He really did need to have a talk with Blaze and Tracy before much more time had passed. Draco remembered Blaze's suspicious look when the cuff was mentioned during the trial. "'I'm not the one you need to placate, mate,' Theo said. "'How's Hermione doing?' "'She had a bad dream last night,' Draco responded. "'Doesn't seem to have affected your sex life,' Theo said dryly. Hormones, Draco offered by way of explanation, not sure if that was really a reason or it sounded good enough. Tell me about it, Theo said with a long-suffering sigh and a huge grin. 
Hermione breezed into the room, attempting to act like Theo hadn't walked in on them minutes ago. "'Good morning, Theo,' she said, sitting on the sofa beside Draco. "'Good morning, Hermione,' he said, his mouth turning up in a teasing grin. "'You're looking positively radiant this morning.' Hermione leaned forward in her seat. "'So how did it go?' she asked with excitement and nervousness in her tone. "'It's filed,' Theo said. "'Minister Shacklebolt wasn't pleased to see the bill. Not entirely surprised, either.' Theo heaved with a sigh, and continued with a bit of a whine. "'I had to listen to a bitch for half an hour about how this bill will be the downfall of wizard kind.' Hermione giggled at Theo's tone. "'I'm sure it was horrible,' she said sympathetically. Theo gave Hermione a sharp glance. "'It was. Terribly tedious. The only thing that saved me was his assistant reminding him that he had an appointment. Otherwise I would have been there another half hour at least.' "'Pity,' Draco said sullenly. "'Don't be cross just because you've got a case of blue balls,' Theo retorted. "'Leave him be,' Hermione scolded at Theo. "'I kept waking him this morning.' "'Rode him hard and put him away wet, did you?' Theo said, laughing. Draco was really starting to question his lifelong friendship with Theodore Nod at this moment. The wizard didn't seem to have a serious bone in his body, and somehow found a way to turn everything into a dirty joke. "'Draco said we have people we need to sway to our side,' Hermione said, ignoring Theo's question." Draco pulled a piece of parchment from his pocket. It was a list of all the Wizengamot members and their probable votes on whether he thought they would show up. He smoothed and abused the much-folded parchment out on the table. "'This is a list of Wizengamot Council, as it stands now,' Draco said. Hermione took the list off the table and looked at it. She read the first family and seat holder on the list. "'Abbott. Hannah Longbottom, they Abbott. Yay.' "'We can count on her and Longbottom,' Theo said. "'I had Harry confirm with them last week.' "'Avery is blank,' Hermione continued. "'Last of the line were convicted Death Eaters,' Draco said without emotion. "'Black, Harry Potter, yay,' Hermione said. Tansy strode into the room, then bearing a full tea tray. Theo pounced on the blueberry scones. Tansy poured the tea and passed around the cups. The elf ignored with a sly smile all of Theo's attempts to get her to come work for him or give him her pastry recipes. Hermione set down her teacup and resumed reading off the list. Bulstrode. Hermione read. Why is it blank? Millie won't come, Theo said sadly. Hasn't left Bulgaria since the war. Why? Hermione asked. Vince, Draco answered. They were betrothed, set to be married at the end of last school year. She blames me for him dying. Hermione placed a consoling hand on his arm. It wasn't your fault, she said sympathetically. Draco shook his head sadly and took her hand in his. I led them, Vince and Greg. Vince died because he followed me, so I bear responsibility. It's the cost of leadership. Hermione tightened her grip on his hand. Having followed Harry during the war, Draco hoped that Hermione would understand that Vince's death was not a burden he could just set down. Hermione looked back down at the list. Burke, and that one is blank as well. Died out, without leaving a clear heir to take over the seat, Theo answered. The family was broke by the end, and the last member didn't see the need to make his will, apparently. Hermione closely examined the paper. Why does it say Potter and Flint in parentheses? Closest possible heirs, Draco answered her question, though neither is eligible to take the seat. Caro, Hermione read with a shudder. Very few could see that name without repressing a shudder at the twins that had made the name infamous. Flora Caro. Hasn't committed to vote yet, Theo said. She said she'd decide once she read the bill. What were her reservations? Hermione asked. 
She thought it was a good idea, but wanted to make sure the bill wasn't a poorly written hack job to help Malfoy get what he wanted, Theo said, making the air quotes with his fingers. As if I would suggest a hack job of anything, Hermione sputtered indignantly. I told her that, Theo interrupted before she could launch into a tirade, but she still refused to commit one way or the other. She doesn't matter, Draco said. We don't need her vote. Once again, Hermione consulted the list. Crouch, well, I know that line died out. All right, let's narrow this list down. Who can we count on to vote with us? Draco took the list from her, though he had it memorized already. Abbott, Black, Greengrass, Lestrange. Here, Draco looked pointedly at her, then continued. Longbottom, Malfoy, Knott, Raoul, Shafiq, and Travers. Raoul, Shafiq, and Travers? Hermione asked. Tracy, Blaze, and Greg, respectively, Theo answered. How is it they are able to claim a seat, but we're not able to fill the empty seats? Hermione asked. They were heirs to those seats, Theo explained, or given to them by a parent, in Blaze's case. Draco chuckled at the memory of Blaze's mother storming out of Shacklebolt's office after a particularly loud argument with the minister that Draco took to be a failed seduction. Blaze had shown up for the next council meeting and looked relieved when the minister didn't challenge him taking his mother's spot. Shacklebolt was probably equally relieved to be rid of the seductress. "'Okay, so that's ten votes,' Hermione said. "'Who can we count on not to vote with us?' "'Worst case scenario,' Theo started. "'Caro, Folly, Flint.' "'Macmillan, Ollivander, Parkinson, Pruitt, Shacklebolt, and Weasley,' Draco continued. Hermione looked victorious. "'Well, that's ten to nine, so we would win easily.' "'We need a two-thirds vote,' Draco reminded her. At Hermione's crestfallen look, Draco added, "'But that was a worst-case scenario.' "'So realistically, what are we looking at?' Hermione asked. "'Caro votes with us because the bill isn't rubbish,' Theo answered. "'I doubt Pruitt will show up.' Draco added. Why? Hermione asked. Draco said slowly, The only Pruitt left is Molly Weasley, and she hasn't ever shown up for our council meeting, nor has she turned the seat over to one of her children. And if she did turn the seat over... They wouldn't vote with us, Hermione finished. What about Ollivander? Draco asked Theo. Theo thought for a moment before he answered. It was difficult to tell. He didn't give a definite answer. So maybe we can persuade him. Hermione said, looking eager. "'It's worth a shot,' Draco agreed. He turned back to Theo. "'What about Mr. Parkinson?' "'He's back from Paris,' Theo started, then leaned forward and sounded a bit like a gossipy old lady. "'And I hear that he sent a howler to his son-in-law as soon as he returned, though nobody is saying why.' "'Hmm,' Hermione snorted, as if that answered some question. Both Draco and Theo looked at her quizzically. Draco finally said, "'Care to enlighten us, Lioness?' She looked down between the two of them, mystified. Really? You don't know? They're your friends! Draco was confused, to say the least. What could Hermione know about the marriage between Pansy Parkinson and Marcus Flint that they didn't? Draco knew that Pansy spent most of her time in Paris focused on her fashion career. Marcus coached Quidditch professionally and was currently with the Montrose Magpies as a coach for their chasers. They lived apart and had no children, but having spent a great deal of time with Pansy, Draco couldn't really fault Marcus for staying away from her. "'Oh, for the love of Merlin, you two are so dense,' Hermione said exasperated. "'Marcus Flint is gay!' Draco felt his jaw drop. "'No, he's not,' Draco scoffed. "'It's true,' Hermione defended. "'I suspect he and Oliver Wood have been together for years now.' 
No way, Theo said in apparent disbelief. Ever notice how they're always on the same team? Hermione pointed out. Even when they went to coaching, they were on the same team. Maybe they work really well together, Theo said. Why would he marry Pansy if he's gay? Draco asked. Hermione shrugged. I always thought they just had one of those open marriages, or that it was an arranged marriage and she didn't care what he did. Draco stood up and started pacing behind the couch. Draco knew that Pansy was the light of her father's life. Mr. Parkinson had showered her with affection and spoiled her rotten when she was younger, and Mr. Parkinson would expect any wizard that married his daughter to do the same. "'You thinking what I'm thinking?' Theo asked. "'I didn't hope to count on his vote, but if he thinks Marcus is treating Pansy shabbily and will never give him grandchildren, he'll do anything to get her free,' Draco answered. "'Okay, so we need to talk to Mr. Ollivander and Mr. Parkinson,' Hermione said. "'Anyone else? Who else might not show up?' "'Farley and Macmillan,' Draco answered. "'They hardly ever show up for council meetings, and especially not for votes.' "'Why not for votes?' Hermione asked. Theo said with a grin, "'They hate being locked into the council chamber until a two-thirds vote is reached.' "'Why?' Hermione asked. "'Much like a Quidditch game, it can go on for days, or months, "'and council members can't leave the room until voting is done,' Draco answered from behind the sofa. "'Months?' Hermione asked, flabbergasted. "'Rumor has it that's only happened once,' Theo said in reassurance, "'during discussions of the Statute of Secrecy. "'So we can pretty much count on Foley and Macmillan being absent?' Hermione asked, looking slightly more relieved. "'Most likely,' Draco said. "'They didn't seem very interested in the bill when I brought it up to them,' Theo added. "'What about Flint?' Hermione asked. "'I assume that's Marcus's father.' "'Theo sat back in his chair and looked pensive.' I didn't understand Flint's reaction to the divorce bill initially, but if what you say about Marcus is true, then his reaction makes more sense. Not in favor, Draco asked. Kick me out of his office, Theo answered with a grin. Why wouldn't he want his son to get a divorce? Hermione asked. That marriage is probably the only thing keeping word of his son's sexual orientation from getting out. It's probably the only thing keeping Marcus from being open with his relationship with Wood, too, Theo said. So? Hermione asked. Draco heaved a sigh. If it's true, Mr. Flint would not want his son getting a divorce so that he can be openly gay. Wouldn't be respectable, Draco finished making the air quotes. So he would doom his son to an unhappy existence, hiding his true nature in order to appear respectable, Hermione responded indignantly. Pretty much, Theo said with a shrug. This was the way the older purebloods lived. Appearances meant everything to them. The happiness of your loved ones was hardly a consideration. Draco was glad to be free from that way of living. He was relieved that his mother threw off the old customs after the war. That's horrible, Hermione said, looking horrified, and for the first time sympathetic toward Marcus and Pansy. This had transcended the realm of gossip for her, her view of their marriage shifting. Theo slapped his knees and made to stand. So, tomorrow I'll go talk to Flora, see if I can get a firm answer from her. We'll talk to Ollivander and Parkinson tomorrow. I think we can count on Parkinson, though, Draco said. Best to be sure. It's closer than I thought it would be, Theo said. Hermione looked between the two of them. Her gaze landed on Draco. I thought you said we were definitely going to win this, she said, and her voice held a note of accusation. Draco swallowed. Had he oversold their ability to push the vote through? Draco answered confidently. We have ten people who won't change their votes. 
people who will sit in that council room until we get our way. People know not to go against Draco when he has a probable majority vote, Theo interjected wryly. Okay, Hermione said, looking reassured. So we'll definitely win. Draco draped an arm around her shoulders and snuggled into her side. We're not leaving until we do. Hermione worried her bottom lip. Draco, we can't spend months in the council chamber. Twelve hours, tops, Draco said with confidence. Care to make a bet on that? Theo asked. Usual terms, Draco retorted. What are the usual terms? Hermione interjected. And what are we betting on? How long it takes us to get the bill passed, and we usually bet a thousand galleons on it, Theo answered. Hermione choked. A thousand galleons! What should we set the over-under at? Draco asked nonchalantly, looking over Hermione's head at Theo. A thousand galleons! Hermione spluttered again, looking back and forth between the two, goggle-eyed. Draco grinned at Hermione. Won't even put a dent in our vaults, Draco answered. He turned back to Theo. Four hours. I say it won't take more than four hours. Oh, come on, Theo said. It's not going to take even close to four hours. That's not a good bit. Two hours, Hermione said. Deal, Theo said quickly. Theo stuck out his hand, and Draco grasped it. Two hours was going to be tight. Theo stood. I'll be going now. Let's get together tomorrow for dinner, and you can grovel to Daphne at what horrible friends you are. Theo bent down and hugged Hermione goodbye. Draco got up and walked him to the door. Enjoy the rest of your day, Theo said in parting with a waggle of his eyebrows. Draco laughed and said goodbye. Theo apparated away with a faint pop, and Draco walked back into the drawing room. Hermione looked quizzically over at him. Why are we groveling to Daphne? she asked. Draco resumed his seat beside her on the sofa and threw an arm around the back. Let's see. Soulmates, pregnant, and Minerva's adoption. All without letting her know, Draco summarized. Hermione looked at him guiltily. The trial was not exactly the way I wanted our friends to find out about us being soulmates. I'll have to talk to Blaze and Tracy about it, Draco said with a shrug. Things just got away from us. Hermione nodded, agreeing with him. It had been a stressful few weeks for them. Draco was looking forward to quieter days after the divorce bill was passed. So what are we going to do with the rest of our day? Hermione asked. Draco grinned at her. Hermione raised an eyebrow at him, and he leaned forward to kiss her. He eased her back onto the sofa while he kissed her, until he was looming over her on his knees between her legs. I thought we could continue where we left off, Draco said huskily, as he started popping the buttons of her dress open.